with your Bible or your device, I want to invite you to join me in the book of Psalm, chapter 145. If you open your Bible to the halfway point, you will probably be very close. The book of Psalms covers a wide time span from Moses in 1410 B.C., to the post-exilic community under Ezra and Nehemiah in 430 B.C., so almost 1,000 years. The book was used as a temple hymn book in its time. They sang many of these words, and Psalm stands as the largest, most oft-quoted, most diverse book in the entire Old Testament. The psalm that we're going to read today is in chapter 145. I'm going to look at one verse, and this is written to us by King David. And here's what he says. Psalm chapter 145, verse 4. It says, Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Do you see the phrase, let them proclaim, in that verse? If you like to highlight and underline, I would encourage you to grab that phrase because it's very dynamic. It comes from the Hebrew word, get this, shabak, shabak which means to address in a loud tone or to praise. So the verse is talking about let each generation do this. Let them shabak. Let them address God in a loud tone. Let them praise him. And from this verse, from Psalm 145, verse 4, I want to capture a big idea that will frame the rest of our conversation. So here's our big idea for today. Christmas is an opportunity to Shabbat. It is. Christmas, think about this now. It is an opportunity for all who follow Jesus to address in a loud tone and to praise God who gave us the gift of Jesus. And that's what we celebrate at this time of the year Jesus coming in the flesh. So Christmas is just a wonderful opportunity to address in a loud tone and to praise the God who enacted this plan where he sent his only son to live and die and pay the price for our sins and rise again. And he did all of this for us. God's plan of redemption for us. And it should cause believers it should cause adherence to Shabbat, to address with loud tones and to praise this great God. So back to Psalm 145, verse 4, let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim or let them Shabbat your power. The word power in verse 4 comes from a Hebrew word, That means deeds or works. So when you put these ancient words together that we find from 
King David, I think you can paraphrase it this way. Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them address in a loud tone your deeds. And uniquely, I think Christmas gives us this kind of opportunity to Shabbat. We see this Hebrew word in other sections of Psalms. Here's Psalm chapter 63, verse 3. It says, your unfailing love is better than life itself. And the psalmist is saying, because of that, because your unfailing love, God, is better than life, how I shabak, how I praise you, how I will address you in a loud tone and give you what you deserve because your unfailing love, it's just better than life. In Psalm 117, we find this beautiful word as well. Verse 1 says praise, and that's actually not the word shabak. It's another Hebrew word that means to be boastful. So be boastful in the Lord, all you nations, and here it is, shabak. Praise him. Address him in a loud tone, all you people of the earth. And then we find this again in Psalm 147, verse 12. Glorify or shabak. Address in a loud tone or praise the Lord, O Jerusalem. Praise your God, O Zion. When you take this word, this unique Hebrew word, shabak, and David's challenge in chapter 145, I think there is a call, a distinct and undeniable call for each generation to do this. Not just some generations, or not just most, or not just the older generations who maybe understand this and can express it in more dynamic ways. No, there's a distinct and undeniable challenge here for each generation to give praise to God and to proclaim with passion God's work. And Christmas gives us that kind of opportunity. Will we take advantage of it? Will we? I think this verse brings up another interesting thought for us to consider, and that is, What are we giving as parents and grandparents and leaders? What are we actually giving to the next generation? What are we helping them see? Are we helping them to, in loud tones, give praise and honor to the God who enacted a plan of redemption for all of us or... Are we giving something else to them? I created a little list here. What am I passing on? Am I passing on a passion just to accumulate stuff? Am I passing on a passion to rush and accomplish? Am I passing on a passion to critique and judge, which seems to be the way of operating anymore? Or am I, and are we, passing on a passion to Shabbat, to praise God. It's interesting to me that the arrival of Jesus, the incarnation of Jesus, brought this kind of praise on so many different levels. 
and through the centuries is continuing to happen. And I think this is a call for us to once again just kind of pause and set aside all the rush of activity and say, am I doing this? Am I living this out in dynamic ways? Am I passing on to the next generation and the next generation a passion to, in loud tones, honor God and proclaim his great work? Or am I passing on a passion for something else? This is a great opportunity for us to evaluate and to think. And Christmas gives us this chance. So let's think through this. The incarnation of Jesus, which allows us to Shabbat. The incarnation, that's kind of a religious y word, wouldn't you say? That often comes out when we think about the narrative of Christ's birth. So let's think about the incarnation of Jesus. What does that actually mean? Well, here's a few thoughts. The word itself means in flesh. And it's the doctrine that Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, was made flesh through the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, making him truly God and truly human. So when you hear the word incarnation, you can basically say it means in flesh. And this is what God did in the person of Jesus for us. And he was fully God and fully human. Truly a mystery, and we accept this by faith. But that's the incarnation. It's God in the flesh, truly God and truly human. And with Scripture as its foundation, the incarnation was formalized at the Council of Nicaea in AD 325 and further defined at the Council of Chalcedon in AD 451. Now, I share that with you because I know some people like history and dates, and you kind of geek out about those things. So there are the dates where the incarnation or the thoughts of Jesus coming in the flesh and being fully God and fully human were formalized into creeds. So I share that so you can see the dates, but I also share that so that you know people came together and put language to what God did in the person of Jesus and him coming for us in the flesh, fully God and fully human. We see this beautifully displayed in John chapter 1, and I want to invite you to join me there. John chapter 1, right away, we find John describing Jesus and how he always existed. And then we find these words in verse 14. John says, So the Word became human and made his home among us. And this phrase here, he became human and he made his home among us, means that he tabernacled here. Or he set up his tent here. And that's what the word did. He became human and he tabernacled on earth. He put up a tent here and he lived here. And John goes on to say he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son, 
This here is the language of incarnation. And John the writer does something really interesting here. He refers to the word as Jesus. Verse 14 again. So the word or Jesus, he's the one who became human and tabernacled among us. He lived among us. He put up his tent here. And I think what he's doing in describing Jesus as the word who became human is absolutely fascinating. Scholar Craig Keener states it this way, John calls him, Jesus, the embodiment of all God's revelation in the scripture. And it was the closest available term John had to describe Jesus. The word. The word became flesh and lived among us. I love this paraphrase of John chapter 1, verse 14. Just to listen to this and allow these words to settle into your heart. The word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. How about that? <laughs> we saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. Are you kidding me? This is astonishing. I thought maybe you would break out into applause or something because Jesus moved into the neighborhood and he took on flesh for us and people saw him like father, like son. It's absolutely amazing. And I think should cause believers to regularly address God in a loud tone and to praise him because this is what he has done for us. It should cause us to Shabbat. And Christmas time, as we think about the incarnation, Jesus coming and tabernacling among us, we should be addressing God in loud tones all of the time and praising him because it's shocking and it's incredible. I think it should also cause the skeptic to say, you know, wait a minute. Wait a minute. If Jesus actually did this, is there something to him? I think it should stir that type of curiosity, even for those who may not be believers. John delivered this news to a Jewish crowd that would have been used to a heavy emphasis on humans not being able to become a god. And that was normal for them. Humans can't become deity. That's not a reality. Other cultures kind of embraced that and taught that. But for Jewish people, humans could not become a god. But they never considered that God might become human. They never thought about that. And it happened. It happened. Incarnation, and theologian Catherine Sonderiger described it as the eternal gift and radiance of Almighty God. So, two questions as we think about the incarnation and praising God because of what he enacted in sending Jesus to tabernacle and to live among us. Two questions. Why the incarnation? 
Like, why did this actually have to happen? And how does this help us think about the lighted path back home? So let's start with why the incarnation. Here's just a quick theology study of why God sent his son. Four reasons. Often we focus on one reason, and it's a really good reason. But there are more reasons as to why God sent his son and he became flesh for all of us. So let's just walk through this. Number one, God became flesh to reveal God to us. See, the incarnation of Jesus helps us to know and to see God. So if you have ever wondered, what is God like? How does God behave? How does God think? We can go straight to the person of Jesus and look at him. And there we get a great picture of what God is like. Number two, to provide an example for our lives. Another reason why Jesus took on flesh, to provide this example for all of us. And that's why we look to the words of Jesus and we follow what he says and what he did because that's God acting out for us. So the incarnation is about providing an example for our lives. Number three, to provide an effective sacrifice for sin. And that's the one we tend to focus on. Well, of course, Jesus came and he lived and he was born in a manger with the whole narrative, right? He did that so that he could live a perfect life and pay the price for our sins and rise again. And by trusting in the work of Jesus alone, we can have a forever friendship with God. That's why Jesus came, and it's very true. I think sometimes we overlook that and kind of glaze through it. Yeah, that's why he came, and that's what he did. But think about this. If there is no incarnation, okay, just wrestle with this. If there is no incarnation, if God never sends his son to take on human flesh, then there is no savior and there is no rescuer because a sinful person could not pay the price for our sins. Only a perfect individual could do that and that is the person of Jesus. So without the incarnation, without Jesus coming and being born and living and dying and satisfying the demands of God the Father, we would all be in a lot of trouble. There would be no hope for us. So the incarnation is a really important thing. And then number four, to be a sympathetic high priest. So Jesus is our high priest, and he can sympathize with us because he not only was God, but he was also human. So here's the why. To reveal God to us, this is why Jesus came, to provide an example for our lives, to provide an effective sacrifice for our sins, and to be a sympathetic high priest. Theologian Charles Ryrie states it this way, the incarnation, again, God becoming flesh, the incarnation has ramifications in relation to our knowledge of God, to our salvation, to our daily living, to our pressing needs, and to the future. It truly is the central fact of history. Wow. The arrival of Jesus, the incarnation, is central to our faith. Okay, that, that's the why. 
of the incarnation. Let's think about how all of this helps us. And this is the lighted path now to a better December. It's our takeaways. Here we go. Number one, Shabbat. This is how we live out the incarnation. Address in loud tones and praise the one who initiated all of this for us and have a passion about doing that, this generation, and then pass that on to the next. That's what we find in Psalm 145, right? Let each generation tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. Let them shabak. See, remembering the incarnation should cause us to proclaim the power of God because God did this to reveal himself to us, to provide an example, to pay for our sins, and to be sympathetic with and for us. This should, it should, when you just think about it, it should cause us to address in loud tones and to praise the God who did this on our behalf. So I was thinking about this the other day when... I was at a Garnet Valley High School playoff football game. And it was a great game. They were winning, and the stands were just packed, tons of people. And I'm there watching this game, having a great time, because they're succeeding and winning. And people are cheering, and we're addressing in loud tones what's happening on the field. And there was just a lot of excitement and a lot of energy. So one particular player scored a touchdown. It was a pass to him in the end zone, and the crowd went wild. And behind me, I'm like getting kicked and getting hit on the shoulders. And I turn around, and there are two grandmothers behind me. (laughs) No kidding. It was their grandson who scored the touchdown. And so I looked at them, and I said, go grandparents for being here, and go grandson. We're going to need one more of those touchdowns from him. And they're like, okay, we hope that he will do it, and they're all bundled up, and I couldn't believe a couple of grandmothers are out there in the freezing cold, but they're there for their grandson, and they're cheering and kicking me and hitting me and everybody around them. And wouldn't you know, their grandson scored another touchdown. He did, and they're cheering once again, and there was just great joy all around us, not just because of them, but because of the victory on the field, and I am high-fiving people I don't even know and encouraging them, and loving them, and telling them that their grandson is amazing. And we had a great time addressing in loud tones what was happening on the field. Now, if we can do that for football, and that's a good thing to do, it's okay. If we can do that for football, and almost become a little undignified, And celebrate with people we don't even know, but we have a common bond together because we're thinking about something and we want it to happen. If we can do that for football, how much more should we be willing to do that kind of a thing, to address in loud tones and to praise the God who came up with the plan of incarnation to send his son to take on flesh, to tabernacle, to pitch his tent right here on earth, so that he could do all of the things that we discussed, including paying the price for our sins. I think we should be very willing to do that. And in doing that, guess what we pass on to the next generation? An example of what it looks like to Shabbat, to address God in loud tones. 
So if you want a better December as a follower of Jesus, here's the step that you can take. Shabbat. And I actually put together five days, five ways to praise. And you can pick up a paper copy out at Just For You as you leave. It lists out from Monday to Friday different things that you can pray and recite. You can even sing it if you want. But it's just a very practical sheet that will help you over the next five days to Shabbat, to live out this takeaway and to have a better December than if you didn't announce in loud tones and give praise to God this way. So I would encourage you to grab that and you have fun Monday through Friday just giving great praise to God, okay? Here's takeaway number two. If you are unsure about proclaiming God's power, yeah, you're just not there for whatever reason, then I would encourage you to read through Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. Think Linus and the reading of the Christmas narrative. At least I think it was Linus who did that. Just consider that and read through it a couple of times and ask if this is true, what I'm reading here in Luke chapter 2. If this is true, then what does it mean for me? And how should I respond to this? And then I have a bonus takeaway. You won't even see this on the screens, but here it is. Parents and grandparents, it's more of a question for us. What are we passing on to the next generation? Again, there's a really clear command here in Psalm 145 to let each generation do this and also tell its children of the mighty acts of God to announce in loud tones. So there's a command to do this. So I think the question for us is what are we passing on to the next generation? And Christmas gives us a wonderful time to reevaluate all of this and to say, okay, I'm going to come back to this and do my very best to pass on to those younger than me a passion for lifting up God who enacted a plan where he became flesh and tabernacled among us so that he could sympathize and set an example and show us an image of God and pay the price for our sins. Again, this should cause us to praise in loud tones. Back to the big idea. Christmas is an opportunity to shabak. Will we take advantage of it? Will we? You pray with me? Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for some time just to look at a psalm that was written many years ago, ancient words from King David who was described as a person after your heart. That's David. So we've looked at these words where he challenges, let each generation praise and shabak the deeds of God. Again, as we think about Christmas, the acts of God are, are so prevalent and amazing, powerful. God sending his only son 
the incarnation. He was fully God and fully human all at the same time. This is hard for us to grasp and understand. And again, that's why we should praise you in loud tones because it doesn't even really make sense. But it's what you did driven by love for what you created. And that's us. That's me. That's everybody in this room. And everybody watching online. So God, I just pray that you would help us over this next week to take this psalm to heart and to think about five days, five ways to praise and to actually do this and to be uninhibited in giving you what you deserve. So God, help us. Help us, I do pray. I'd like for you just to keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a moment. What has God whispered into your heart today? What does he want for you? What does he want from you? Just take a few moments and talk to him and personalize this as you think about announcing in loud tones and praising God and celebrating the incarnation. Just take a few moments and talk to God. Father, we thank you again for your great plan, the incarnation of Jesus. Wow. We're amazed. And sometimes we forget about it, and yeah, Jesus came, and he lived, and this is great. God, would you help us to be overwhelmed in a really good way, just shocked, by your deep love for us, that you would do something like this for each and every one of us. And God, I pray that would cause us to announce in loud tones who you are and to thank you and praise your mighty deeds. And God, may this be something that we pass on to the next generation. And may it be said of Valley Point Church, that we're a church that just announces the good deeds of God. And God, would you help us to do that on days where it feels great and we want to do that? And God, help us to do that on days where it's challenging and difficult because we doubt and we question and we wonder about your goodness because of what's happening to us or maybe around us. Help us to continue to keep looking to you and to announcing your goodness. And may that carry us through this season and into a new year with our eyes on you, ready to be fully obedient to you and transformed 
into the image of Christ for the sake of others. We pray this in Jesus' name.